the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics, where the conversation always gives you a foundation that is built on biblical principles, so you can intellectually and critically learn to weigh out decisions about life with truth, facts, contradictions, and the reality we live in and history. Covers topics like apologetics worldviews, contemporary culture, and the Word of God to help you articulate a defense for how to live your Christian life. See how you can get involved and support Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics by visiting ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com. That's ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com. Now here's your host, Stacy Gaona. Don't you know love, love can stay silent. Hi, my name is Patty Lamar, and I'm with the former Feds Group Freedom Foundation's COVID-19 Humanity Betrayal Memory Project. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Stacy, who is coming forward to share with us what happened to her husband in a hospital right here on American soil. Um, our goal here is to get these stories out and to stop the um, needless deaths that continue to this day. Please watch and share this and any other stories at our websites, chbmp.org or formerfedsgroup.org, as well as BitChute, Rumble, and Twitter under American Granddaughter and Former Feds Group. Stacy, thank you for coming forward today to talk to us about what happened to your husband. Thank you. You would like me to start with my story? Yes, so, please. Uh, my husband came out with COVID in 2021. We both did uh, at the end of July. It was on a Thursday, um, the 29th of July, 2021. And uh, we didn't know quite yet, but he had a fever. And then that following Tuesday, we actually took a home COVID test, which was on uh, Tuesday the 3rd. Um, he seemed actually pretty fine, but um, he all of a sudden started talking where I couldn't understand him. Later, I found out he had um, a, a silent hypoxia. Um, at that point, I had to call 911 and the ambulance came, took his oxygen, and it was at 50. Um, from there, they took him, and when he got to the hospital, he was feeling better and wanted a second opinion. They were pressuring him to get on the vent immediately or he would die, and he did not. He said um, that we, we fought against that unless it was absolutely necessary. Um, my son went in for a moment to talk to him and then left because we were debating if we take him back out, but we didn't have oxygen. And back then we didn't know much about COVID and how easy it is to take care of someone. So he was admitted. Um, they would not let me see him. Nobody could go in. Um, day three, he, I would FaceTime him and he mentioned 
that something very weird is going on. I need to get out of here. And he was trying to find a way to get out, calling me, his son, and his brother. Um, and from there, because when he got transported, it was August 2021 on Friday, July 6th. And then um, exactly one year today, he was admitted. 2021. So today's the 11th. No, actually he was not admitted. He was intubated. I receive a call from his doctor and the doctor said, Stacy, um, if you do not put your husband on the vent, he will die. Now my husband actually got up and was ready to leave the hospital and they would not let him go. Um, he's already been five days without food. Um, he was in a locked room. No one was, he was saying, no one's coming in. I want to get out. And I had COVID. So it was a very scary time. Um, with that being said, they were saying he was delusional. He had hypoxy. So what he was saying was not uh, correct. Um, he said, my husband said they're tired of him and they're not checking on him. So he was isolated alone. Um, at one point I would try to FaceTime him and there was no ring. There was no answer and his phone broke. Um, then I, um, so on the, the 11th, August, 2021, August 11th, 2021, I receive a call from the doctor saying, if your husband does not get vented, he will die. Well, he ended up dying anyways. During, you've got vented. Um, Prior to his admission, when he was admitted into the hospital, I talked, I would call five times a day and take notes of what was going on, what medicines. I said, what did you give my husband? They said, Rodezomir. Did I approve that? No, that was the protocol. The protocol mm -hmm. was to give them that and to also not let us come in and visit him. Um, we could not see him at all. Um, they asked me, did you? your husband get vaxxed and the vaccine. And I said, no. And they're sorry. I said, I'm sorry, but it doesn't, you know, he won't make it because he wasn't vaxxed. So, um, so he was on the vent for eight weeks. And during those eight weeks, I would call five times a day. I noticed the, I mean, it was probably, it was bad. I would find out his oxygen level. What was the peep at? Mm -hmm. They trying to lower the peep, the oxygen, and the, the other, there's one more thing, other thing they had on him. He was at the highest level, but um, uh -huh. they were going to try to take him off the vent and put him on the trach. Um, they were lowering it and he, um, it didn't work. They actually said, oh, you should come. At one point they let us come in to say goodbye to him, but, um, he ended up bringing up his numbers. Um, when I came in, he had blood in his ear and his nose looked crooked and swollen to me. Now, remember with COVID patients, their thoughts were to lay him on the belly for eight hours to 12 hours and then on the back for four hours. Mm -hmm. That was too small. So they couldn't even the first five days lay him on his belly. Um, so 
and um, then when I came in and saw him when we thought he was in, you know, gonna go um, pass, they um, he he was very inflamed. So um, mm -hmm. like his health was declining, but um, we didn't give up hope. And um, the words were, "Whenever you want to let him go, let us know." But um, so from there, um, we're at three weeks and, you know, so he was intubated for eight weeks. So from the, he went on the 11th, August 21 and October 2nd, 2021, he passed. That last week, they would let me come in the last two weeks, they let me come in for a limited time and they, um, the limited time and I would have to get a COVID test every time and put in a space outfit. So I was in gloves, double mask with, um, I looked like a space outfit, but mind you rewind back to the time he was intubated when I couldn't see him, I was able to, um, zoom him zoom in the hospital had the zoom set up but i would talk to certain people and um the nurses and they said what a mean wife i was for making him live it's time to let him go and um and in the beginning when um when he was admitted and when he was vented i said can you please to the doctor give him ivermectin and he said, Stacy, if ivermectin would work, I would be the first one to give him it, but it does not work. So they gave him um, the um, redesimir. Mm -hmm. So um, I always knew that, you know, that he was isolated a lot of the time and um, they had their times where they would go in suited up in a machine. I mean, in a space outfit but what um was con more concerning and worse is on the weekends it just seemed like when i took note things were worse of his oxygen so that's when he left he died was on a saturday so i was there that friday and um there he seemed fine like um there was no dramatic change he just his numbers seemed okay um and i told the nurse i would call in the more shift change every shift change so i would call like at 5 a.m and then in the middle of the mm -hmm. afternoon, and then i would call in the evening so when i called that evening uh um i said please call me for any reason if anything happens changes any changes mm -hmm. this was october first 2021 and October yeah and um, they said okay and I wrote down his numbers well um, when I called and I actually called an hour early that morning um, I usually call it six or seven six o'clock I called at five that morning I called and I said to them I always say what is my husband's oxygen level and usually it's the the borderline with the line that his goal was is 89 well all uh -huh. this at 79 i'm like that is a dramatic drop 
what happened? They said, the lady said, that's normal for COVID patients. I said, not for my husband. He's never Ooh. been 79 the whole time. And why didn't you guys call me? And they were too busy. So that's what was. And so I hung up and called the charge nurse. And at that point, within the hang-up to call, get a hold of the charge nurse, maybe 10, 15 minutes went by. She mm-hmm. told me his oxygen level was at, um, so it went to 79.69. And I was like, what in the world? Why is mm-hmm. this? I said, why didn't you guys tell me? She's like, you know what? I'm not going to try to explain why your your the nurse didn't call you. She is busy. But I suggest you come in right away. And then I'm like, I got up, came down there. As soon as I saw my husband, it was like night and day from the night before. And, you know, he has the vent in him. So is he breathing? Is the, the, the machine doing it? But if he was breathing, it was struggle. And mm-hmm. he barely um, having any, it was awful. So at that point, I knew he was murdered. It was very clear that um, right. he was murdered. Um, mm-hmm. And that was... Um, the end when um my son got there um they told i told them that i did not want them to give him anything cause him to die i want naturally if Mm -hmm. it's god's will right exactly um, so i like i didn't want him to be in pain but at the same time um if there's still hope i wanted to lean on that and so um and there was two nurses that really um said what a bad wife I was and you know I cried and you know who am I to say it's time for my husband to go God will do that but That's right. it, um we they took the vent the vent out of his throat um and I think he was gone within 15 minutes and that is a I believe pretty quick because I um my my husband lost his father and it took him like three hours to go because he, um, it was a different scenario. Of course it was, um, and it wasn't, but to think that how bad off he was, he was to go that quickly. So, um, yeah. And so, um, there it is in a nutshell. I don't really have paperwork in front of me, but for those, um, 20, you know, those, um, those days, I was um, calling the hospital, and I do have the notes, but not mm-hmm. <laughs> right yeah. now. I have those two. <laughs> it's okay. uh, hard. It's hard. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. So. so, but but you got to you got to be there the last. You got to be there at the at the at the last, and you got to go in a few days earlier mm-hmm. and and hold his hand, and mm-hmm. yeah. and his numbers went up. Mm-hmm. While you were there, I had that same experience. It's pretty powerful. Yeah. So, but so you're, yeah. Um, well, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just so sorry. I appreciate you sharing it with this. Um, I know it's hard to do, but you know, I just feel like the more we have to, the more voices we have together, the stronger well, we are. Yeah. And so one thing I've noticed after I lost my husband, um, several people came out in our family 
<clears throat> with COVID and I like mm-hmm. do hospital and they were, they had, you know, health issues. Um, mm-hmm. They weren't fit, you know, fit, you know, like that's what they're yeah. thinking. They have any health issues. Well, yeah. Every one of these people who came out with COVID had health issues, mm-hmm. but we get them oxygen. Uh-huh. What is that called? Oh, I had it in my head. Um, monoclonal antibodies. Antibodies, right. And we got them ivermectin, um, iverme- uh, no, yeah, ivermectin yeah. and uh-huh. all the other uh-huh. to go along, and they were better. In fact, yeah. those that got the monoclonal antib- antibodies within three days, they were testing negative. So what the protocol they had in caring to get my husband better was the wrong protocol. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm a better doctor <laughs> than the exactly. hospital. Exactly. I, because of my husband's death, we were, I was able to save like 12 people from our ma- family. My, my daughter, my mother, yeah. my mother-in-law, my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, and my niece. Yeah. yeah. And they all survived. Not and, that, one- and, and I mean, and so many of us have that same story. And so we can, we can be thankful that we can say that and know that even though we lost the most precious person in our lives, we were able to save others who we love too mm-hmm. um, and keep them from going through that same thing. And so many in this, so many in this group that we have um, interviewed share that same story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, you know, it's so, so sad, but then you have a reason to be thankful when others don't suffer through that. Mm-hmm. There was one point when my husband was in the hospital on the vent and they were saying there was an issue with his um, kidneys. Well, mm-hmm. we found out that the issue was a kink in the hose, which caused, a, you know, to back up his urine. Uh-oh. But, mm-hmm. yeah, so, he didn't little- have to go on dialysis. No, but they were giving him insulin. I believe they gave him insulin. Um, yeah, just um, I don't think he went on diet. No, he didn't. That that one point they were considering this might be a route we'll have to take, but they found out mm-hmm. one of the nurses did not make sure that the hose was correct. Isn't that something? Yeah. So. Just, just those little things that make so much difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, I, Stacy, is there anything else that you would like? Is there a thought that you would like to leave with us? Is there something that you'd like to just share personally that means something to you that you might like to tell the rest of us? You know, um, it's just so hard because I didn't realize that we were, you know, I had hope that the hospital would know what they're doing and, you know, entrusting them with my husband. And right. that, you know, what do you do? You're not the doctor and you're putting your hands, uh, your, your husband's life into the hospital's hands. And now we can't even trust them. So what is there to do? I mean, praise God, I am a Christian, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, what do you do? Because the hospitals are lying to you and you can't trust them. And, um, they're being run by the CDC and maybe they even, so, um, you know, do you learn from your past, <laughs> I guess that's what I'm doing. I learned from my I past think so. <laughs> <Yeah>. because 
um, I was, you know, thank God I, my daughter's still here with me. My mom's still here with me. But sometimes I say, you know, I would have rather had my husband here right now. But um, we did learn how to save lives during this time. Take notes. That's my suggestion. Write things down. Have a protocol um, written on the correct medication. And we're, we become, that's pretty much how it all ends up happening because um because of the education i got through what i've been through i was Mm -hmm. able to help a lot of people um and get them the correct help and i didn't even name all my friends and um, oh yeah i'm sure mm -hmm. so my take note um know what you've been through and (laughs) don't make that same mistake again (laughs) so Um, and be ready be ready for the next time because it's coming <laughs> now um the clinic i went to they closed it shut it down it got shut down so it's like oh, really? we're at monoclonal antibodies now they totally wiped it out so yeah yeah they sure I, did yeah so um yeah my thing is stay you know is it gone are they going to come up with another one so yeah, I think we can just get ready for it. <laughs> yeah. I think I, we can. But we know what to do now, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll and tell story. Yeah, I have a radio program, so I share my story. And, um, you know, all we oh, can do. Tell us about that. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I have a radio program, and I actually interviewed some of the ladies who lost their husband to COVID. And uh-huh. I and we shared our story and so I've actually went to a group a church group and when this was just a widow's group mm-hmm. um at a, and you know they say um I wanted to know how many people it was about 100 people there how many people were there that lost their husbands to covid and I was shocked at how many girls stood up. So, you know, don't be afraid to share your story because this was murder. And um, we justice needs to be served no matter what. That's what That's I right. I shared my story. It's on podcast. Um, it's on um, the radio station, kprz.com, San Diego. kprz.com. Huh? San Diego. Yeah. And then you could go to any podcast platforms and look up uh-huh. throughout, throughout all ages. And that's that. If you go to Apple podcast, you know, Spotify, any podcast platform, my story. Um, so my husband, it used to be my husband's radio program. We had a ministry together. So he did a lot of apologetics, but the most recent ones are on covid and um the stories Mm -hmm. of women who have lost their husbands to covid and then um yeah so mm -hmm. well that's good to know because because this story you're the one you're doing now will go out on bit shoot rumble twitter um under american granddaughter i think it actually is american granddaughter 33 um so so now we're telling we're going to be telling everybody about your podcast on those platforms yeah and i Looked like a mess this morning because <laughs> had a rough night. So, <laughs> well, I know it happens to the best of us, doesn't it? Yeah. So they get well, the listen, rip- I, uh, Yeah. So, um, I just want to say thank you again 
I appreciate you um, coming forward. And I would like to, to tell the people who are listening that if you have a story of your own to tell, or if you know of someone who's lost a loved one to COVID, quote unquote, um, it may not have been COVID. It may have been hospital protocol. So um, you can go to chbmp.org or to formerfedsgroup.org. Um, click the link onto CHBMP and tell us your story and add your voice to ours, to Stacy's, to mine, to nearly a thousand other people that we, um, we're working with so far and tell your story because I do believe that together we're louder and we'll make a, we'll make more noise and we'll get attention. And hopefully one of these days, God willing, we'll see justice this side of heaven. Yeah, um, there's a couple that I neglected to t say is that um, after my husband passed, I had a radio, uh, no, uh, a newscast, a news, local news station reach out to me and ask me if I changed my mind regarding uh, the vaccine. <laughs> and so I, of course, I said, I said, everyone's entitled to their own. Uh, decision but as for me I have the I have the antibodies and so mm -hmm. I'm pretty I'm and so and um, another thing is I shared my whole story when I was going through the time of him being in the hospital every week I would share what I'm going through all right Stacy this has been great I appreciate your telling your story and sharing all this other information with us too, so that we can, we can uh, hook up with you on your podcast and, and listen uh, and learn more. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Stacy. We'll see you on the other side. This has been throughout all ages, 1530 apologetics. You can learn more about your host, Stacy Gaona and how to support and get involved with 1530 apologetics by visiting throughout all ages, ministries.com. That's throughout all ages, ministries.com. Join Stacy again next week. Look for Stacy on any podcast platform under throughout all ages. Please subscribe and leave a review. So I won't let the world around us tell me what to think of. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.